I'm really excited about today because we're continuing in an amazing series we started last week. But before we do that, I just want to tell you a little bit um, about me and about why we have the Fresh Start opportunity. Um, <clears throat> I do have the title of Senior Leader because this is technically an apostolic family. And we do things as a family around here. And so it might be a little bit different than you've maybe been used to. Um, maybe it's not structured the same way, things like that. And Fresh Start is a great way for me to do all the explaining. All right, I got some explaining to do. Yes, you can call me Pastor Caleb. I don't mind. It doesn't bother me. But if you want to be informed as to why we do what we do, Fresh Start is for you, okay? And we keep it to 30 minutes. I, we, our first core value is that we honor everyone. Okay, and that means everyone's time as well. So you will be done at 1230. Anyone who's been can tell you. I <clears throat> will just throw the handbrake. I don't even care if I'm done. I'm just going to throw the brake, 1230. But I have finished every time so far, <laughs> which is exciting for me. Anyway, so I really want to personally invite you, if you've not been to that, to come to that, okay? Cool? Awesome. Love you guys. Bless you. I just want you to know that the freedom doesn't stop here. The free thing doesn't stop here. That We're not about to be unfree right now for the next 30 minutes. You can be free. Uh, you can honestly, I, you, I'm not insecure about anything in, that's about to happen, okay? You might not believe me, but you can not listen to me. You can read your Bible. You can go to sleep. It won't bother me, all right? This is an invitation. I believe the Lord has prepared something for every person here, and you're invited to hear it. That's all this is. Okay? The only thing I ask is that you don't deliberately disturb your neighbors, all right? Because I will with love say, hey, come on now. Stop it. They're, stop it. All right? We love you. Quit it. You know, because this is a apostolic what? Family. So we, I'm going to treat you like family, whether you want to be or not. So it might be your last time with the family. I don't know. I'm not kicking you out, but I might make you uncomfortable. My, I found that my level of freedom makes quite a few people uncomfortable. I mean, it's like when you're, I don't know. Anyway, I'm not so much more free than you. I'm just saying, if I make you uncomfortable, that's okay. Those who are comfortable are in no need of a comforter. And the Holy Ghost is called the comforter. So you'll get more Holy Ghost the more uncomfortable you get. How about that? Good deal? I'm going to turn up the discomfort now. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Okay. <clears throat> Before I start uh, this morning, I have some very serious reading material for you. Are you ready? This is really important. A man dies and goes to heaven. Of course, Peter meets him at the pearly gates. Peter says, here's how it works. You need 100 points to make it into heaven. You tell me all the good things you've done, and I give you a certain number of points for each item, depending on how good it was. When you reach 100 points, you get in. <laughs> okay, the man says, I was married to the same woman for 50 years and never cheated on her, in my, not even in my heart. That's wonderful, says Peter. That's worth three points. Three points, he says. Well, I attended church all my life and supported its ministry with my tithe and service. Terrific, says Peter. That's certainly worth a point. One point? Golly, how about this? I started a soup kitchen in my city and worked in a shelter for homeless veterans. Fantastic. That's good for two more points, he says. Two points, the man cries. At this rate, the only way I get into heaven is by the grace of God. And Peter says, come on in. <laughs> it's a joke. You can laugh. <laughs> man, maybe it wasn't so funny. Maybe it just was prophetic. I wanted a joke to make you laugh, to reinforce the content of what I'm about to say. And I felt like maybe that, maybe that fit too well. I don't know. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. At this point, I thought that was hilarious. I thought that was funny. Do you want to hear another joke? Yeah? You want to hear another one? My wife counseled me not to share this one. <laughs> A friend wrote me the other day, and he said, my dad's an atheist, but he, and he doesn't believe in God, but he still demands on saying grace before every meal. And I'm like, well, how do you say grace if you don't believe in God and if you can't start with dear father? So this is what my dad does. We all hold hands. We bow our heads. And he says, to whom it may concern. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. I don't know. Maybe it's because I became a dad and I like dad jokes. It's funny to me. It's funny. That's okay. You're allowed to have fun in church. Hello, newsflash. 
You're actually supposed to have fun. It should be a party. It should feel like a party. That's why the only direction I give the worship team is let's celebrate Jesus. Come on. I don't care what you do. I don't care what songs you sing as long as we're celebrating Jesus. Amen? Amen. So, again, it's all an invitation. You can have joy today if you'd like it. You can have peace today if you'd like it. You can learn about your righteousness today if you would like it. It's an invitation. All right? Somebody say invitation accepted. <laughs> all right. So last week we talked about sin. Ooh. It's like Mufasa in the church. Mufasa, sin. Ooh. You know? <laughs> it's like don't talk about it, but we all know it and we all know everything about it, right? Well, last week I just my teacher hat is on. Are you ready? I, I like to teach. This is less preach and more teach, but that's okay. <clears throat> we learn that sin is an action and a what? Anybody? An entity, yes, a person, place, or thing used as a noun. Sin is both an action you can do and an entity that wants to control you. That right there will get you free, all right? I don't know about you, but I get free with that revelation that it's not all just that I stink, you know? It's that something is trying to control me. Something outside is trying to get in, right? Come on, that, that, I got freer and freer last week. I don't know about you. So we also, that's Romans, if you want some Bible, that's Romans 8, verses 2 through 3. Uh, you can also watch the podcast but or listen to it on the app. It's in the app, guys. The audio is in the app. If you go to media, it's pretty cool. I don't know. I listened to it. It was good. All right. And we also learn that Romans 8, 9 says that you are not in the flesh if the Holy Spirit is in you. That you can't actually struggle with the flesh if you have the Holy Ghost. And that might kick in your worldview, but Romans 8, verse 9, read it. Talk to Holy Ghost about it. All right? Because it's in there. And i just reading what it says. So we also learn that in Christ, we are set free from sin, dead to sin, no longer enslaved to sin. Sin will have no dominion over us, and we are slaves to righteousness. You're prone to righteousness. Come on, that's good news. As soon as you say yes to Jesus, your natural tendency is to be like Jesus. And that's why sin is so difficult for you now that you said yes to Jesus. It's unnatural. You don't like it. Come on, you can't sin like you used to, right? You say yes to Jesus, all of a sudden, that thing you used to do didn't bother you at all. Now it really bothers you. Why? Because it's unnatural. It's an unnatural substance you're taking in, kind of like sugar, right? <laughs> all right. So today, really excited, we're going to talk about grace, all right? So you might, I, I want to answer the question. Last week we said, what is sin? This week I want to say, what is grace? What is grace? What is, what beeth this? What meaneth this word grace? It's often used and more often misunderstood. I'm, I'm just telling you. It is, have you, maybe you've heard some terms, you know, grace preacher, right? Some grace preaching. You ever heard that stuff? Anybody? Raise your hand if you've heard this term, sloppy grace. Anybody heard that? Okay. How about greasy grace? Anybody heard that? Yeah? Yeah? Come on, raise your hand high if you heard Messy grace. Anybody? Yeah? Okay. No. Some of you are like, what? All right, this one hurts my spirit. Cheap grace? Anyone? Yeah, for real. Well, let me ask you a question. Have you ever heard of mega grace? Have you? You're about to find out about mega grace, 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 grace. <laughs> I really wanted a voice effect, so I made my own. <clears throat> We're going to talk about mega grace today. I'm a mega grace preacher. You thought the grace preachers were bad. Watch out. I'm a mega grace preacher. And we're going to define what that means. You might not mean what you think it means. You keep saying that word. I don't think it means what you think it means. Anybody? The princess bride? Okay. All right. So turn your Bibles real quick to Acts chapter 4. We're going to read a couple verses. This is not on the screen. That's why I'm telling you to turn. I love hearing the pages turn. So if you got your paper Bible, you're the spiritual ones. No, I'm kidding. Joking. Calm down. All right. So you can turn into your version app or whatever. I use that too. I just like having it, man. It's like, I don't know. I got memories. I got history with this book, you know. But Acts chapter 4, verse, starting in verse 32, gives us this mega grace quote here, all right? Are you ready for this? It says, now the full number of those who believed were of one heart and soul, and no one said that any of the things that belonged to him was his own, but they had everything in common, and with great power, the apostles were giving their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. Say great grace. Well, in the Greek, that is megas charis. Charis is grace. We're going to learn about that, but that word great is mega. That's where we get mega from. 
Megatron, all that, yeah? Come on, you tracking with me? Mega grace was upon them all. Say all. Not just the apostles, but them all. Mega grace is the only grace the church should be operating in. Mega grace. Not cheap grace, sloppy grace, any of that stuff. Right? How uncomfortable are you? I don't know yet. Okay. So here's something I love about this short, uh, these couple of verses. It shows me that grace never empowers you to walk alone. The grace of God in your life will only empower you towards community. They were of one heart and soul. No one said any of the things that belonged to him was his own. They had everything in common. And with great power, great grace was among them all. It's not a separated thought. Because of the great grace on them, they were one heart, one soul, had everything in common. Are you seeing this? Yes? So good. Mega grace always empowers you towards community. It does. So let's talk about what that grace is. What is grace? What is mega grace? I'm going to have these scriptures on the screen for you because they're super important. I love multiple translations, so we're going to go to the book of Titus. Yep, preaching out of Titus. I like it. You can turn there in your Bible, or we're going to have them on the screens for you. This is a super important passage. This is a key verse to understand. Here it is. Titus 2, verse 11 through 14. The grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions, and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. Say present age. Waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works. I'm possessed by God. That's what it means to be redeemed. <laughs> okay. A people for his own possession. That's where I'm getting that, just so you know. The grace of God has appeared, it says. Bringing salvation to all people. We're going to read it in the Passion Translation because multiple translations give me a great picture. I don't know about you, but it's a great tool to use. Go to multiple translations, guys. Here's the same verse, um, just 11 through 12 in the Passion Translation. God's marvelous grace has manifested in person. Come on. It already happened. It has manifested in person, bringing salvation for everyone. Who's that person? Jesus, right? The same grace teaches us how to live each day as we turn our backs on ungodliness and indulgent lifestyles. And it equips us to live self-controlled, upright, godly lives in this present age. That's mega grace, guys. Upright, godly lives in this present age. Let's read it in the message uh, paraphrasement. Titus 2, 11 through 14 in the message. God's readiness to give and forgive is now public. I love it. Salvation's available for everyone. We're being shown how to turn our backs on a godless, indulgent life and how to take on a God-filled, God-honoring life. This new life is starting right now and is whetting our appetites for the glorious day when our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, appears. He offered himself as a sacrifice to free us from a dark, rebellious life. The question is, did he succeed? <laughs> He offered himself as a sacrifice to free us from a dark, rebellious life into this good, pure life. Did he succeed? I'm glad a few people think so. Making us a people he can be proud of, energetic in goodness. Come on. Not you're supposed to be energetic in goodness. You are. You just don't know it. <laughs> Let's talk about this word grace. The word grace is charis in the Greek, okay? You might have heard like charismatic, you know? Maybe you've heard me say charismania, all right, because that exists too. <laughs> There's charis, which is grace, and it's defined um, as kindness or favor, a gift or blessing brought to man by Jesus Christ. Gratitude, thanks, a favor, or kindness. Now, here's what you need to understand. Are you ready? God's grace is both undeserved favor, and supernatural empowerment. God's grace is both undeserved favor, favor and supernatural empowerment. I'm going to prove that to you. There's saving grace and there's empowering grace. Are you following me? There's a saving grace that comes at salvation through Jesus. And then there's a lifestyle of empowerment that comes through grace after that. Are you tracking with me? Yeah. Here's the deal. You don't deserve the grace that saves you, but now you're required to walk in another level of grace now that you are saved. 
You don't deserve the grace that saved you. You can't earn the cross and him crucified. But now that you've accepted the cross and him crucified as truth, you're required to operate in another level of grace. It's not even a matter of deserve or not. It's requirement. It is. You can't grow in favor with God. You'll always be his favorite. Turn your neighbor and say, I'm his favorite. I'm his favorite. It's good. A little too quiet in here. It's good. Listen, you can't grow in favor with God. God actually loves you the same way he loves Jesus. You're not getting more loved by God. But you must grow in empowering grace. Here's the trickiness, because grace can be defined as favor, you know. So growing in the favor of God could be something we say or agree with. But it's not the saving favor. It's the empowering favor we're growing in. That's why we need to define this term. Are you with me? Are you okay? Okay. You cannot grow in favor with God. You'll always be his favorite. That's just a good word. But you must grow in empowering grace. Now, in Luke 2, verse 52, it says, Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. Guess what that word favor is? It's charis. It is. So what's going on here? Christ was not becoming more loved by God, guys. The fact that he is God kind of tells you that, all right? Like, he wasn't earning the love of God on the earth. Are you with me? Come on. He was operating from the love of God he knew of the Father, right? But he was growing in supernatural empowerment. Come on. He showed us the process. We have the same process right now. We cannot become any more favored than we are right now by God, but we must become more empowered in grace. Here's what I mean. I'm going to prove this to you again. Let's go back to Titus chapter 2, verse 11, uh, the ESV version. It says, I'm going to show you in that verse where it says saving grace and empowering grace. The grace of God, you might have already seen it, has appeared bringing salvation for all people, saving grace, and training us to renounce ungodliness, worldly passions, live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. That's empowering grace. So here's where everybody get, a lot of people get it wrong. Not everybody. A lot of people get it wrong saying sloppy grace, things like that. See, now that you're saved, you don't have to act godly. That's what peop, that's the label, sloppy grace. You know what I mean? Like you can sin to your heart's content, right? Like certain things that the Bible say are a sin. All of a sudden, we get to define what is a sin and what isn't a sin. Like grumbling. You might have wanted me to bring up one of the other ones. I'm going to stick with reviling. It says, no, you're not, that blank and blank and blank will not inherit the kingdom of God, right? Yeah, all the blanks, you know, you can fill in the gap with all the ones everybody talks about. On that same list is reviling, and it literally means grumbling. The grumblers will not inherit the kingdom of God. <laughs> Where's our anti-grumbling protest? Where's our God hates grumblers sign? I'm just asking. That's 1 Corinthians 6 if you want to look it up. I think. If my Rolodex is working. I don't have it written down. Come on. Mega grace empowers you to live just like God. It does. There's empowering grace. All right? So we're not redefining sin. We're saying sin has no hold on us. It has no dominion over us. And we're empowered to live like God on the earth. Come on. That's just a good word. Check it out. Again, in Ephesians 2, verses 8 through 10, it's not on the screen, but you can write it down or look it up because I love the fact that you're going to have to go look this up. Ephesians 2, 8 through 10 shows you saving grace and empowering grace as well. It says, by grace you have been saved through faith. You've heard this, right? And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. That's saving grace. It's the charis of God, the grace of God. It's the care. It's the gift, okay? Are you following me? So that no one may boast. You cannot claim anything about your salvation. Jesus did it all. You don't do anything. You get to receive the sacrifice of Jesus. That's why you can't battle your flesh. Jesus killed your flesh. Jesus gets the credit for delivering you. He gets the glory and honor and praise. You don't. I don't care how bad you want it. I don't care how much you think you need to crucify yourself, crucify your flesh. No, Jesus did that. Give him the credit he deserves. That's what the Bible teaches. 
I know you've heard other things. So there's saving grace, but moving on in that same passage, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. That's empowering grace. Are you seeing this? The grace of God, you know, you've been saved through faith, knowing not by works, hello, but now there's work to do. It's like can be kind of confusing, right? It's like no works get you saved, but now that you're saved, you got to work, right? Faith works. Faith working itself out, right? So there's saving grace. Say saving grace. Come on now, saving grace and empowering grace. Repetition is a good teacher. You're going to leave here learning something, I promise, okay? So here's got you got to understand that the empowering grace are they come from grace gifts, all right? Grace gifts. The grace gifts are what empower you towards godly living. They empower you towards godly living. There's grace gifts on everyone's life. Godly living requires supernatural activity. The life of Jesus shows us what it's like to live godly lives. And it's not just about being kind. It's not just about being, you know, nice and uh, patient and giving to the poor. Jesus showed us what a godly life looks like. Hello? Come on. A godly life looks like signs, miracles, wonders, healing the sick, raising the dead. Yes, it does. That's what it means to live godly. You cannot separate godly character and godly activity. You can't just say, I'm going to be like God in his character, but not like God in his activity. I did that my whole life. I grew up in a denomination that didn't believe in the godly activity. So we just tried to be morally good. But we never even asked God for empowerment towards, you know, miracles, signs, and wonders because we didn't understand God activity is connected to God character. You can't separate the two. In fact, you act out of who you are. So God, Jesus came on the earth and acted out of who he was. It was a natural flow of his personality. <sighs> Come on, righteousness is God's character. Miracles, signs, and wonders are God's activities. It's what he likes to do. Come on. This is what God likes to do. And you don't get out of it because you're saved. It's required of you now that you're saved. I love it. I love the quiet sometimes. The tension is like I could step on top of it. It's good. Listen to this. Acts 10, 38 says, Jesus went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. If God is with you, it should show. But we've been taught that grace is just there for your mistakes. There's grace for that. You screwed up. There's grace for that. Sorry. Messed up. There's grace for that. <laughs> Didn't even do that on purpose. See, what you need to give me now is mercy, not grace. Okay, it's clicking. I can see it. I'm waiting for the bubbles to pop, you know. Jesus even said this. You know this verse, John 14, 12. You can write it down. Truly I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. Whoever's been saved by my grace will be empowered by that grace to be like me. Are you seeing this? And greater works. <laughs> what? Then these will he do because I am going to the Father. What's greater than raising the dead? I don't know. A whole graveyard at once? I, don't, I mean, Jesus kind of did that too. When he rose from the, maybe a graveyard on another continent. I don't know. Just because I don't understand it doesn't make it not true. Guess what that word greater works is? It's mega. Same word. And mega works. Well, they do. Who believe in me? Come on, this is so good. God supplied the mega grace for the mega works. God supplied the mega grace for the mega. You don't need to go get it. It's there. It's ready. It's appeared. Bringing salvation and training us. That same grace trains us. Now, if you want to get really, really teachy here, um, there's charis, and then there's charisma. Charis is grace. Charisma in the Greek is grace gift. Ma, because you get your gift from your mama, all right? Your ma, all right? Trying to stick it. It's just trying to make it stick, you know what I'm saying? Ma, ma, give me, a, you know, give me some dinner. That's a gift. Hello? Come on. Don't take your mama for granted, all right? Straight up. Anyway, charisma. Grace gift. Say grace gift. So grace, charis alone saves you, but the grace gifts are here in your life to empower you. Are you following? 
Okay, this is really important. So here's grace as supernatural empowerment. It's 1 Corinthians 12, 1 through 11. You can write that down, turn there. I'm going to read it out of the Passion Translation. Yes, I'm reading a lot of scripture to you because I like to do that. I will always do that. Today's kind of light on scripture in my opinion, actually. So, yeah. 1 Corinthians 12, 1 through 11. I'm going to read out of the Passion Translation. It's a great translation and a new one. It's in the Version app if you want to find it. But this passage should be familiar to you. And you're going to see grace as supernatural empowerment in this passage in Jesus' name. It says, my fellow believers, I don't want you to be confused about spiritual realities. Uh, uh, what? It seems to me that the church is the most confused about spiritual realities. It seems to me that the New Agers have more understanding of spiritual things. And the witches are more spiritual than the Sunday morning attender. <laughs> but Paul says, I don't want you to be confused about spiritual realities. Meaning, I want you to be informed so you can act as a spiritual being. Because that's what you are. For, I'm sorry, I'm doing a little thing called read preaching. All right, I'm, I do this thing, I read and preach at the same time. Whoops, sorry. For you know full well that when you were unbelievers, you were often led astray in one way or another by your worship of idols, which are incapable of talking with you. Therefore, I want to impart to you an understanding of the following. No one speaking by the Spirit of God would ever say Jesus is the cursed one. No one can say Jesus is the Lord Yahweh unless the Holy Spirit is speaking through him. Come on, you want a word from the Lord? Say, Jesus is Lord. That's a word from God. Jesus is Yahweh. Boom, you just heard God speak through you. <laughs> Come on, confessing the truth is the same thing as speaking by the spirit of truth. It is. It is the same Holy Spirit going on who continues to distribute many different varieties of gifts. And guess what that word gifts is? It's charisma. Charisma. It is the same Holy Spirit who continues to distribute many different varieties of grace gifts, charismas. The Lord Yahweh is one, and he is the one who apportions to believers different varieties of ministries. Now, let me, let me stop right here just so you know. The main point of this passage is Paul is teaching um, polytheists about monotheism right here. Paul is speaking to the Greeks who had many gods, a god of this, a god of fertility, a god of this, a god of that, all that stuff. And he was saying, the same God gives all the gifts. Okay, so what we're about to read is not, a, is not indicative of, okay, only, each believer only gets one gift. That's not what, that's a poor use of context. The context is, I don't want you to be uninformed about spiritual realities. Because when you were Greek idol worshipers, you had different gods for all sorts of different things. Right? Are you following me? But now the Lord Yahweh is one, and he is the one who apportions to believers different varieties of ministries. Hello? The same God distributes different kinds of miracles that accomplish different results through each believer's gift, charisma, and the ministry as he, and ministry as he energizes and activates them. All right? So each believer is given continuous revelation by the Holy Spirit to benefit not just himself but all. Your gift is not for you. A tree doesn't grow fruit to eat it. It's grown to give away. If you're an oak of righteousness, you need to be supplying someone else with fruit. The fruits of the Spirit are not for you to enjoy. I'm glad I was kind today. I was so patient earlier at Walmart. Wow. Go me. No, the people around you are glad you were patient. Believe me. Okay. Each believer is given continuous revelation by the Holy Spirit to benefit not just himself but all. Mega grace empowers you towards community. Are you hearing this? Are you hearing this? For example, now don't listen to this list as, okay, well, one of y'all is going to get one. You can have this one. And, hey, you can have that one. And you can have that one. And you can have that one. Hear the words same spirit. Same spirit. Same spirit. Monotheist. Monotheism. One God, different gifts. One God, a variety of expression. Are you following me? Yes. Okay. So the Spirit gives to one the gift of the word of wisdom. To another, the same Spirit gives the gift of the word of revelation knowledge. We're going to have some of those later. To another, the same Spirit, are you hearing this, gives the gift of faith. 
To another, the same Spirit gives gifts of healings. To another, the power to work miracles. And to another, the gift of prophecy. And to another, the gift to discern what the Spirit is speaking. Do you see how those are different things, y'all? Gift of discernment, gift of prophecy, very different. And to another with the gift of speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to another, the gift of interpretation of tongues. Remember, it is the same Holy Spirit who distributes, activates, and operates these different gifts. It is the same Holy Spirit who distributes, activates, and operates these different gifts as he chooses for each believer. Now listen to me really close. Your grace gift will never set you apart from the body. It will only set you in place. This is a problem in the church. I have a gift. All of a sudden, I have a YouTube ministry. (laughs) All of a sudden, I don't fit in my home church anymore. Because I'm the only one. I am the last prophet. (laughs) I operate in a higher level of grace than all those people. I can't hang out with them. No, your gift will actually... Make room for you. (laughs) The grace of God on your life. Your grace gift will never set you apart from the body. It will only set you in place. It will only set you in place. If you let it happen in the God season and the right timing and the with grace, you know what I'm saying? A lot of people get a grace gift and they lose the grace part. Are you hearing what I'm saying? A lot of people start praying for the sick, see a healing, and then all of a sudden, they're not very graceful about it anymore. <laughs> Shoving people over and <laughs> there's no grace in that. Okay. <laughs> you are not operating in the highest form of your grace gift if you're doing it alone. You're not operating in the highest form of your grace gift. I would argue you're not operating in your grace gift. The gifts and calls of God are without repentance. That's Romans 11, 29. That means he's not going to take it back no matter how poorly you use it. Why do you think there's a bunch of spiritists and psychics out there who can actually read your mail and tell you what's going to happen next week and are more accurate than most of the prophets in the church? Why do you think that is? I would bet my life on the fact that they had a church experience, encountered Jesus, and then the church didn't accept them because they didn't understand the gift on their life. And so being repulsed out of the mouth of the church because they were different and weird and odd, they were found, they were accepted by another community. Because they're more informed about spiritual realities. We just do church. <laughs> you guys, you need to understand, when Gigi's up here in worship and there's pause moments, there's stopping moments where we're not all just singing all the time, you know what she's doing? She's searching the heavenlies for not just a song, but the song of the Lord. She's waiting to receive the song of the moment, and that might feel uncomfortable on the outside. I don't care. This, the worship team will never be here for your entertainment. Ever. Her grace gift is going to be allowed to operate. No matter how weird it feels sometimes. I'm a worship leader. By, I led worship for 14 years, all right, until I started this church. And I gave it away. Hallelujah. All right, so I know. So even I'm standing here going like, uh, I'm hearing songs to sing. And I'm like, ooh, ooh, we could sing. Ooh, ooh. And I'm like, oh, just sing. That. Oh, I hope she hears. You know, and I'm like antsy sometimes, you know what I mean? But I'm like, no, no, no. She has a grace gift. There's an authority on her life. She's set in place to sing the song that we need to sing. Because it's not just the song that you want to sing. It's the song we need to sing. A melody can change the entire cosmos. It's called the universe for a reason, the one verse. All right? So we let the melody of the Lord sit sometimes. And you might feel uncomfortable. You're allowed to sit. You can get on Facebook. I don't care. Whatever. There's grace gifts operating in this house. And we're going to let them. (laughs) Okay. So understand this. There's a grace that sets you free from sin. That's that's saving grace. And there's a continued distribution of grace that empowers you to be God-like. Meaning, you're not walking in the grace of God if you're not healing the sick, prophesying, doing something on that list, pretty much. Now, I actually don't think that's an exhaustive list. 
I think there's other ways to operate in the Holy Ghost. But I'm saying if you're not expressing the character of God by means of activity, if you just go out and, like, you need to ask God for another revelation of your empowering grace that's constantly here, all right? You're not saved to get to heaven. You're saved to get heaven into you. A lot of Christians are just going to heaven and living like hell all the way there. They're just as depressed, just as sick, just as anxious. Come on. I heard a study recently that the United States is the most anxious country in the entire world. They've measured it. There's higher levels of anxiety through and through the culture, the fabric of the United States, than there is anywhere else in the world. Third world countries who they don't know if they're going to have a meal today are less anxious than us. So that tells me something. That tells me that we're not operating in the empowering peace, the empowering grace, the empowering gifts of God. Because our perspective would be, oh, I don't have enough money for rent. Command these stones to turn into bread. All right, good. Grocery shopping done. Hello, you can't celebrate or separate God character and God activity. Scott Smiley has an amazing testimony. I'm going to give your testimony for you, sorry. He hasn't had to hire an exterminator in years. Let me tell you why. Because he saw some ants and he stood over them and said, oh, no, this is my house. You're here right now, but you shouldn't be. Get gone, basically. I don't remember exactly what he said. He said, in the name of the king, get out. That's one way to save on pest control. They haven't come back, right? Am I lying? That's the truth, he says. Some of y'all need to go home and kick some critters out. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Listen, if you're saved, you should be expressing the Savior. You shouldn't just be relishing in the Savior on Sundays. You should be expressing the Savior. It's Christ in you that's the hope of glory for the earth. If you don't express him, who will? Come on, I'm calling you up to this thing. We empower everyone around here. I'm, if you take the invitation, this is empowering, all right? It's true. At salvation, grace took away all your justifications for wrong behavior, and that's why grace is not here for your mistakes. It took away all your excuses, and so grace is not here for your mistakes. It's here for your empowerment. It's here for your empowerment. Mercy is here for your mistakes. Do you know what's more egregious in the heart of God for a believer to sin than an unbeliever? Do you know it's more heartbreaking for us to commit acts of willful disobedience than it is for the world? <laughs> Hello? Am I? Um, that, Caleb, that was a really good word, really good point right there. It, the reality is we're shouting at unbelievers saying, you know, shun the unbeliever for sinning. What? They can't help it. You're upset about, okay, let me choose my examples wisely here. <laughs> oh, mercy. You, you're upset about someone protesting and being paid to do it? You're upset about someone being caught up in the political spirit? And tilting the scales of Lady Liberty's not-so-blind eyes. You upset about that? Show them a better way. Just show them something better. Don't tell them. You suck. You know what the world hears from the church? The world hears one message from the church. We suck. That is not a grace message. God is not empowering you to hold their trespasses against them. You've been given the ministry of reconciliation. And you forfeit it when you call out their sin. We need to speak the truth in love. No, that's loving to speak true things. Speaking the truth in love is saying, God loves you, man. You're amazing. What? I'm out here drunk and high. But you're, you don't know who you are. That's why. You, I know you. I know you. You don't know you. I know you. You're made in the image and likeness of God, and you're trafficked by sin. The grace of God has appeared to save you from that and empower you towards a better life. But we're not even modeling it for them. Hard to believe sometimes. Guys, the main... Oh, I'm trying to be kind. Sometimes I just want to hide. 
<laughs> My main hindrance towards evangelism is the church. Because the sinners don't believe me when I tell them they'll be accepted. <laughs> Come on. I'm not making this stuff up. My main hindrance is the posture of the church. We just got to change our perspective. Be transformed by the renewing of our minds. We need to get a revelation that God has given us a grace not to condemn the world, but to save it through Jesus Christ in the same way Jesus did. Did you notice Jesus' method of evangelism was feed them, then tell them? <laughs> Sandy noticed. <laughs> yes. I wish the whole room would say it like that. Absolutely. Come on. I'm going to give you one more example, and then I'm, I'm going to bring it in for a close here. When Peter, I don't remember the reference, but Peter is on the boat, and it's one of Jesus' first interactions with Peter. And he comes in the boat. Jesus says, let's go fishing. And then Peter puts down his nets where Jesus tells him to. It's not the second time. It's the first time he does it. And Peter pulls in a whole catch. Like it's breaking the nets almost. You remember this story? Jesus fills Peter's nets. That's like paying your mortgage, okay? That was like a major, major deal. Major business transaction. A lot of wealth, all right? Riches in a net. Jesus filled this guy's nets to breaking. What does he do? He drops to his knees and says, depart from me. I'm a sinful man. <laughs> Jesus fills his nets with blessing. Jesus blesses the snot out of him, and his response is he recognizes his sin. And Jesus says, I'm not leaving you ever or forsaking you ever. In fact, let's hang out for the next three and a half years. I'm going to take you everywhere I go, Pete. What if we filled their nets? What if you used your grace gift to bless the socks off that person who annoys the mess out of you? What if the church went and found all the pimps and traffickers in what if our church found the pimps and traffickers in the city of Tampa and paid their mortgages? I'm trying to make it real for you. What if we got the worst of the worst and blessed them till they said, I cannot take this blessing anymore. Get out of my face. I've got sin in my life. And we're like, we know. <laughs> the conversation of sin should come way after the blessing that you are in their life. Add value to their life. John Maxwell says it this way. He says, I refuse to share my faith with someone until I've added value to their life. John Maxwell, he's led thousands of people to the Lord personally. He says, I refuse to share my faith until I've added value to their life. It makes them hungry. People would even come up to him and say, John, I know you're a Christian. I know you're doing this business thing, but I know you're a believer. What is that all about? Tell me. He's like, no, I, you're not ready for that. They're like, what? Not ready. He says, no, you're not ready for that. It's like, no, just tell me. Tell me what you believe. Is it like, you know, Catholicism? Is it, what is it? Are you Protestant? What is it? And he's like, you're not ready for that. And what he's not telling them is, uh, I haven't added enough value to your life yet for you to want it. That's what Jesus did. He healed them, and then they followed him around, and they learned about him. We're saying, come follow Jesus around. Maybe you'll get healed eventually. We're saying, come, come to church and tithe and be a good attender, and then maybe the grace of God will appear in your life. <laughs> Why does this matter? Because God's grace both saves and trains you. It saves you and trains you. Say, God's grace saved me and is training me. You have everything you need to be awesome. All your excuses for irresponsibility and poor behavior, they're gone. They're gone. All your excuses about the flesh and the sin nature, gone. If you weren't here last week and that's not making sense to you, go listen to the podcast. You have a body, you have flesh, but you're not in the flesh because you're set free from sin. Mega grace always empowers you towards community. Let's read that Acts 42 verse again through 33. I'll just read it to you. But it's because operating in the grace of God will never lead you to isolate, ever. Grace will always empower you to connect with the body. 
Let me prove it to you. Acts, 42, Acts 4, 32 through 33. Now the full number of those who believed were of one heart and soul. And no one said that any of the things that belonged to him was his own, but they had everything in common. And with great power, the apostles were giving their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. Mega grace. Amen? Amen. That's just a good word. I'm going to have the restoration team come up. We're going to end with the way we end every gathering at the resting place. We have a prayer team down here to have faith for everyone. And we want you to come into contact with the grace of God today. Okay, so we're going to explain that. And I'm going to do something really quick that I forgot to do. Come on up here, Sandy. I forgot to do this at the beginning. Scott's been looking at me like going, you forgot. (laughs) I can feel it. Like, yeah, I did. I did. Sandy had this. Sandy has a grace gift. I'm going to tie it in. Watch this, Scott. Sandy has a grace gift (laughs) of hospitality. She does. She has a, you come into her her sphere of influence, you're going to get the snot loved out of you, all right? She, yeah, okay. She's going to give you things. She's going to feed you. She's going to bless you, all right? She, it's natural for her. It's a grace gift, all right? We all should be doing those things, but she doesn't even have to think. In fact, if she starts thinking, it kind of turns off. It's so natural for her, okay? So she, out of her grace gift, had an amazing idea, okay, for this Thanksgiving season. We are going to do something called homesgiving, all right? It's going to be hopefully annual if it works. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to meet the needs of the homeless in the church this Thanksgiving. There are those who are in the body, in the family, who don't have a place to eat on Thanksgiving. They, they eat alone. This is a statistical truth, all right? I'm not making this up. Lots of people who have a connection point are not connected on Thanksgiving, and it's a very depressing time, things like that. So Sandy said, let's not feed them. Let's give them a home to be in. Let's invite them into our homes. Okay, so homesgiving is very simple. We're, gonna, we're going to find a host home, um, <clears throat> or you're going to find a host home or host a home. Here's how it works. There's a web, on our website, you can go to restingplacetampa.com and click events. Under events, there's some forms to fill out, all right? You can either say, I need a home or I have a home. So anyone in this room, under the sound of my voice, and we're going to be announcing this for the next four and a half weeks, five weeks, if you don't have a place to go this Thanksgiving, your, your family's out of town, you know, you're not like on the street. Are you hearing me? You just don't have community this Thanksgiving. We want to provide that. We believe that it's important. It's what grace empowers us towards. Ha <laughs> ha. See that? There you go. So we want to give you that opportunity. So you can go to the website and click I need a home or I have a home. If you need a home, it's very simple. Put your name, how many chairs you need, your family, whatever. Okay, if you want to host home, it's a little more complicated. The form is there as well, and you're going to put how many seats you have to offer, things like that. If you need help financially, which we're going to solve that problem, shoot that bird when it flies over, if you will. And so this is a beautiful idea, and we're going to, we're going to go all out for it, okay? Does this make sense? So if you feel, you pray about it, ask the Lord. If you feel you're supposed to host a home, you just have a couple extra seats at your table. That's all. We're going to do the rest of the work for you. We're going to connect those who need a home to those who are hosting homes. Does that make sense? Yes? So the restoration team and the care team, hospitality team are going to be coordinating that uh, this for the next few weeks. Amen? Amen. So that's Homesgiving 2018. If it, we're keeping it kind of like localized, but anyone you know, they don't have to go to the resting place. Are you hearing me? To find a host home, you can let the word out. But we're trying it out as a church, and if it really kicks off, then we'll do citywide next, next year. And we'll just get like 100 host homes, you know what I mean, citywide. Amen? So this is a little bit of a a trial run, but it's going to be good. Isn't that a great idea? Yeah? So good. So as we close, Sandy's going to give from the team some words of knowledge. This team has faith for everyone. They've been praying for you. And we want you to encounter the love of God today. So here we go. Sandy, give. I wanted just to step back into the word that he released earlier today um, that came forth with the love notes. Um, Some that walked in late. The Lord released a love notes, and there was a heart posture. He's doing things in the hearts of um, the people today. I felt a really, really strong Father heart uh, for healing hearts today, um, whether they're offenses, whether they're unforgiveness, um, there's bitterness, um, hope deferred. He is able, and he's pouring it out on all of you. So I just wanted you to step in and receive that love note. And some of you don't come up to the altar, and you know what? He'll meet you where you are. Online, in here, wherever you are, he'll meet you there. Um, but we want to partner with you. But I just wanted to release the love of God 
Um, he's here. It's already released, but I just want to remind you, if you watch, just grab that love note and let him unfold it. Just read it. Um, yeah, just receive his love. Um, there were some other heart things. Um, a literal one, one of the team members got a heart, um, oops, uh, heart chambers. If there's something going on in a heart in your heart chambers, uh, we want to partner with you in prayer. There is um, right hip, uh, like a slipped disc. Uh, somebody has radiating, burning neck. It goes down your shoulder um, blade. Um, someone else is carrying grief um, that you don't need to carry. He carried that for you. And we want to minister. Um, he wants to minister to that. Um, there's skin conditions. There's um, colon digestive issues. Um, there is um, shame. I carried that for 30 years. And he already did it. It's done. It's finished. And if anybody has shame, enough is enough, and it's today. That one dies. They all die, but shame has no place. Um, head trauma from a sports injury. Um, you might even have been a pitcher. Uh, there was a line drive, and the baseball came right at you and hit you in the head. Um, we want to pray for you. Love this. Jenny Weaver. Your name is Jenny Weaver, possibly Lever, and there could be a play on the word Lever. Um, but there's a verse the Lord has for you, and it's John 5.3. Hundreds of sick people were lying there on the porches, the paralyzed, the blind, and the crippled, and all of them waiting for their healing. Um, there's, so that's a word for you. And again, any word that we released, and you've got something else. We have faith for everything, guys. Don't leave here the same, the broken. No, 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 no longer broke. Um, and then there is a crustacean allergy. Bummer. But we'll take care of that. <laughs> we'll take care of that. So we just want to um, invite you up when Caleb closes out. God bless you guys. So good. Miracles happen down here every week, guys. So don't leave it, you know, leave it, leave without it, whatever. Crustacean, is that like shellfish or something? Okay. All right. Anyway, let's stand together. <laughs> I'm just curious. I'm going to pray, but I need you to hear me really quickly. We're going to shut it down right now. But if you've never said yes to Jesus, your opportunity is before you today to come into union with Christ, to leave you everything that you are at the wayside, to let your old, impatient, difficult life die and begin a new peaceful righteous joyful life anybody who wants that you can come up to here and say i just want to accept i want to receive the life of jesus today that invitation is open to you otherwise if you need prayer you can come down or take communion give you can sit and soak or see me at fresh start amen Let's pray. Let's pray out loud and thank God for the grace that he's given us. Thank you, Jesus, for all that you're doing in our hearts and our lives in the city of Tampa. We thank you, God, for your grace on display through your people. Right now, we just release and, and we motivate, we activate and energize in partnership with your spirit, the empowering grace of your gifts inside each believer here. And we say, God, let us hear testimonies of hundreds of healings from Monday to Saturday. Thank you, God, that even the Sunday morning gatherings are going to pale in comparison to the Monday morning morning meetings, God, and the Tuesday lunch times, and every other healing that's going to come through your people, every other miracle, every other prophetic word that's going to come through your people, because we're saying yes to the grace of God in our lives that trains us and empowers us to live just like you, Jesus. Say this with me. I'm just like you, Jesus. I'm ready to be just like you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Bless you guys. Have a great day. We love you.